three, two, one. What is going on, guys? We're here, and it is the last day of February, and this is our seventh podcast, I think, which was surprising to me. I feel like they've flown by because we try to do once a week. That's been our goal, Mm -hmm. but we're coming up on 10, which is the magic number on the 10th one. We're going to start putting them on YouTube as well, which I'm kind of nervous about because I like this being a very private thing because I feel like I have less pressure. Yeah. But yeah. How do you feel about it, Anna? I mean, I feel good about it. I feel like as long as we keep ourselves just like this is a conversation, I'm fine. Also, do you also never know when February is going to have 28 or 29 days? When does it have 29? A leap year? Yeah. Is it a leap? I don't think it is. I checked the calendar. I think it goes... No, it's not. But do you do you always know if it's a leap year or not? Isn't that every four years? Yeah, it is. But which year is the fourth it's year? It's unclear. <laughs> I had no idea. I never know. It's one of those things that I never... It's like I just checked. It's like, is it going to be 28 or is it going to be the rare 29? One of those weird things. Like, why? why? I, the leap year, I think, was... Uh, I, I watched a video about it once. I remember nothing. I think it, it has to do with the amount that it takes for the year to complete. It's because no, it's it's all based on they're trying to make the, the amount of daylight consistent each year. Mm-hmm. But it's not perfect. We're coming up with these whole integer numbers like one day, 24 hours, mm-hmm. you know, and then at the end of 365 days, it's not exactly 365 days to mm-hmm. the T for the earth to completely take one revolution around the sun and so every four years i think they make up for it with the leap day leap year but i don't know it's complicated it's all based on the movement of planets isn't that weird it's one of the things that i'm gonna check on my calendar forever is it is it a leap year or is it not a leap year probably not 25 percent that it is but you know anyways random random talk so so much stuff has been happening in the world it's impossible for us to cover it all or even a fraction of it um, things are a lot more important than the leap year so much more important but you know that's important too don't discount the leap year it'd be difficult for us to talk about current events without bringing up ukraine i don't think yeah. we've talked about that the last podcast is talking about currency and s- cryptocurrencies and all kinds of things right but you know it, it's just wild i had a i had a collection of articles here um in case you've been hiding under a rock and you didn't know mm-hmm. putin finally pulled the trigger Mm -hmm. metaphorically and literally Mm -hmm. and invaded ukraine Mm -hmm. so right now i think the death count is 198 ukrainians including three children 1115 wounded including 33 children right those numbers we don't actually know no clue in fact that's common in Mm -hmm. wars that you don't know until much later and even much later there's estimations yes because it's just it's so difficult to They'll, they'll have like, okay, we have 1,100 missing or something just as a hypothetical. It's like, well, missing where? Are they mm-hmm. under buildings and rubble that'll mm-hmm. take months to get out or never get out? But like the Russians keep saying like they're winning and the Ukrainians keep saying that they're winning. And just like, okay, so everybody just says whatever they want. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's posturing, right? They're trying to win the, the meme war right now. And mm-hmm. there's all this misinformation out there, I'm sure. Right. You know, like the... the national and international distrust in social media has been at an all-time high in 2021 and 2022 with reason with reason with very very good reason Mm -hmm. and it's been the advent of long-form media like podcasts such as this where you're talking for lengths of time greater than five ten minutes with commercial breaks like typical fox news and cnn stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so i see that as a good sign as things changing but still 
Um, I don't know what to think about all this um, mm. just because most of the sources of information I still have are all legacy media sources. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading this from CNBC. Right. Who have had multiple issues in the past. Right. So how do you know what to believe? You're right. thinking, oh, well, they're talking about war. So, you know, we can trust it. They have no reason to lie. It's like, do they? <laughs> you know, because we import a lot of oil from Russia. Right. You know, they're one of the major energy uh, exporters. Right. And we're a net energy importer. Yeah. It really depends on what the the United States wants to do, because what the government wants matter and how they cover the news. Right. They need support from their people. Well, we know right now that so far Biden has been pretty firm that he's not putting any boots on the ground Mm -hmm. in terms of putting American soldiers over in Ukraine, which I tend to agree with. Mm -hmm. But he has been levying some pretty intense sanctions on the Ukraine on Russia. Has, has, Has he? Well, what he did do recently was he revoked um, Putin, basically the Russian central bank from the SWIFT banking system. I saw that. Which is a pretty big deal. Right. But there's a lot of people who think that that's not necessarily a good long-term strategy. Right. um, Because they're just going to develop their own cryptocurrency, like a CNBC or CBDC. I I feel like they are... I was going to say CNBC. (laughs) The the United States is so dependent right now, energy-wise from russia that whatever sanction they do like if it's not becoming independent from them it's gonna backfire somehow yeah i mean we that's the thing is like we don't need to be energy dependent on yeah, russia right, right. we could have solved that with the Keystone xl pipeline but no one right. wanted to do that yeah you know that we could have done that by making new nuclear power plants but no one can get the funding for that right. because it's such a large capital expenditure yeah you know and, and a lot of people are scared because it has the word nuclear in it yeah you know, and there's some countries who are doing that successfully, but we're mm-hmm. not. We're lagging on the nuclear adoption uh, timescale. Yeah. But I think slowly over time, it's getting more popular as, mm-hmm. as more knowledge is disseminated. Yeah. But anyway, so I think what this unfortunate situation is showing is it's highlighting some of the weak points in our nation. Mm. And it's, it's, it's causing people to actually learn about these things and learn about what is energy independence and what does that mean? And right. why is it we're, we're importing so many barrels of oil from Russia every mm-hmm. day? And is that mm-hmm. an okay thing if they decide to start invading other countries and doing these small little skirmish land grabs? Mm-hmm. Well, small little skirmish. They're literally invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I take that back. I'm talking about like, you know, major superpowers, mm. but I saw this. I, I got I to gotta mention, though, I saw this hilarious meme. You know that Harry Potter meme where it's like, why is it every time something bad happens, it's always one of you three? And uh-huh. it's like Ron, Harry, and Hermione. Uh-huh. And it said uh, US, Russia, and China. <laughs> it was a funny. It's like, it's true. I had to laugh at that. I was like, yeah, because it's like the big nuclear superpowers. Right. You know, and of course, there are other, other nuclear superpowers as well. But it's just for whatever reason, it's always those three <laughs> is like causing most of the problems. Right. But the thing with the SWIFT banking system is interesting because, as you know, after mm-hmm. World War II, every single currency internationally, not every single most major U- currencies internationally were pegged to the u.s dollar yes. denominated in the u.s dollar mm-hmm. and the u.s de- dollar was denominated to gold mm-hmm. and so that was the bretton woods agreement of 1944 45 after world war ii um and it wasn't really finalized until the 50s but anyway what? okay so it's been around for a while mm-hmm. but then you know nixon pulled us off the gold standard in 1971 so he kind of like dissolve that Mm -hmm. but everything is still pegged to the u.s dollar as the central reserve currency so the central bank in russia essentially was cut off frozen Mm -hmm. from the other world bank basically Mm -hmm. the central reserve bank which means 
people can't transact anymore. People can't withdraw their funds. Mm -hmm. It's all basically frozen. And it's not going to hurt Putin himself because he's going to have an untold amount of millions and billions of dollars that he's he's going to be fine, basically. Right. Just like anything we do to North Korea, Kim Jong-un is still going to eat super happy and healthy. Right. Well, who knows if he's eating healthy, but <laughs> um, he's still going to be completely fat and happy. Right. Right. Um, but I think the long-term idea with putting a financial sanction on Russia is to get the people to revolt against Putin. Right. Because he's still relatively popular when you check polls, if you can mm. trust the polls. Mm, yeah. It well, was one of the things that in places like North Korea or China or Russia is that you never know if you can trust whatever no, information you don't. they give you. And I, this is interesting. I wanted to show you this. There's a CNBC article showing just photos of all the capitals of all these countries around the world and how there's been these humongous protests yes. against Russia including all over Russia. the place, including in Russia. Yeah. I, I think thousands have been uh, arrested. arrested so yeah. far because if you protest, you will get arrested. Um, so here's in Berlin and Moscow. There's a lady getting arrested there. Warsaw, uh, Prague, New York City. We have Times Square here, which, of course, you and I know very well. Mm -hmm. um, they got the Ukraine colors flying here right and you got st petersburg mm -hmm. london the white house melbourne everywhere yeah everywhere there's basically a whole bunch of protests and yeah. everyone's saying like what are you doing putin yeah like stop but but that's the thing though because i feel like to understand um putin's motivation we have to understand that people have different uh different motivations, different incentives. People have a different uh, value system. And the same things that people in the West value are different than the, the things that people in the East value in different parts of the world. So you have uh, people like um, the, the religious extremist and Islam that, you know, will kill themselves for their cause and kill others for what they believe. You can offer them oh, you know, let's make this a democracy. Let's give these guys rights and makes them, make them like the U.S. They despise the U.S. They don't want to be like the U.S. It doesn't matter what we have in here. They don't want that. They are focused on a different group of values that people in the U.S. and people in Canada and, you know, most of Europe don't have those values. So I feel like most of these protests, it's good because we know where people's heads are like everyone is kind of worried for the innocent people in Ukraine. But governments have to understand that just saying, you know, let's just go there and install a democracy or let's just give them our vet. Like th that doesn't work because the people that make war, people like Putin, people like China that are just preparing to take Taiwan at any second now, they don't have the same motivations of being liked by the rest of the world. They don't give a dang. You know, they don't want to be liked by people like us because they kind of despise people like us. That's a good point. I think that at the end of the day, everyone's not looking for happiness or joy. We're looking for meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very important distinction because meaning can get sold to you through many different avenues. Right. And they've been doing very poorly. The Soviet Russia mm -hmm. has been doing very poorly ever since the fall, mm -hmm. you know, Soviet uh, Russia. And so they're their population has dwindled, their economy has dwindled. Mm -hmm. We were talking before that their national right. GDP is like on par with Mexico mm -hmm. or literally one of our states, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not it's not anywhere near what it was. Right. And they've continuously shrunk over mm -hmm. time. 
And so I think there's been a lot of pressure on Putin right. to do something about it. And what he's like wanting, wanting to do is restore basically the former image of the Soviet Union right. and start taking land grabs right. and expanding the nation and getting people to feel proud about Russia, Mother Russia, and mm -hmm. giving the young men there in the war, mm -hmm. um, I guess, an object objective of sorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about this kind of um, view on meaning, like you know what you're about and you know what you will do to get that. Um, it's important because not everybody is prepared to face that in the world, mostly in this generation. It's like um, we like I I'm from Brazil. Brazilian people can't own guns. So I had never held a gun in my life. You held many guns in your life. And then you taught me how to shoot like you have to know this because guns exist and you have to know how to deal with them. If one day ever in your life you need it, then you know how to deal with it. Because if, if you like them or you don't like them, if you're going to shoot or not, they exist. They are out there. So it's, it's important to recognize that that thing exists. Most people don't like to recognize that other things, mostly dangerous things in the world, exist, that they can happen, that they can come to you. So there is a war right now, and there are people fighting the war that know how to shoot guns. They don't care about who they kill. They're out there. You can be the most intellectual person and make sense of the world in like in a tiny little room in your house and be like, you know, full of speeches and write many books. If someone knocks in your door with a gun, they can just shoot you and you can't do anything. There are people ready to fight for what they believe, while many of us are just trying to make sense of the world and just like, you know, live very comfortably and, and don't actually have a sense of meaning that will make you prepared for things that you need to be prepared for. And I'm not talking about like you need to learn how to fight. I'm talking about knowing who you are and knowing what dangers are in the world and knowing what your values are so you're ready to protect them. That's interesting. It's almost like too much intellectual debate can almost detach you from the grounded truth of reality in the world around you. I mean, even intellectuals recognize that intellectuals don't actually do anything. Like right. they are, the intellectuals are some of the most, uh, the people that you can blame for a lot of wrong views throughout history. I mean, Marx was an intellectual. He never did anything that he told people to do. And m literally millions of people died because of the things that he wrote down. He wasn't successful. He was a gambler. Like, the guy just spent his friend's money. Like, he was not a successful right. person. But he wrote down, like, you know what? The, 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 how do you say, uh, bourgeoisie, like the, the rich people? Sure. Uh, I don't know how to say that bougie in English. People? But, you know, <laughs> no, no, we have a like, word for it called bougie. <laughs> the business owners, like the capitalists, they sure. have to come down. They will at some point. But so why don't we just kill them before that happens? Sure. It's like the French guillotine, the rich and all that. And... Right, exactly. And then he died and it was like, oh, well, that's written now. And then a lot of people read that like, yeah, this we sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they followed it um, because of an intellectual who said that. And my point is now the West is so bloated. Like we have so many people with so many opinions because we have no problems at all. And now there's a war no happening. No problems like like soldiers shooting up our, our exactly. cities. And like nobody's dying because they're starving. You not, know? not in the U.S., no. No. So there is no need for innovation. There's no need for like real need that slaps you in the face. 
Yeah, I think I think the the needs that we have and the issues that we have are becoming increasingly common to first world countries, very highly developed countries, right. technologically advanced countries. Right, it makes us soft. Yeah, well, that that's the age old saying that good times make uh, soft people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then soft people will make hard times. So that 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 will happen. That right. can take a hundred years, five hundred years, two years, whatever. Right. But essentially, that's going to happen. I it, I think it makes sense on the surface. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that could be why it's hard for anyone like me who's in a technologically advanced, cushy society mm-hmm. to try to understand Putin, <laughs> try to understand what he's thinking or what his people are thinking or what right. the Ukrainian people are thinking. And, right. you know, all I know is that Ukraine wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want independence. You know, Russia's the clear aggressor here. And so at that very surface level of understanding intellectually that I have, I want Putin to back down. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to pay. I want him to be stripped from his power. And I'd love for someone that's a little bit more peaceful, mm-hmm. a lot more peaceful, <laughs> to take his place. Mm-hmm. That's what I would want. Mm-hmm. You know, without knowing a whole lot about the culture, without knowing a whole lot about the the military tactics and the history of Ukraine mm-hmm. and, and Russia and all that. Because I'm sure there's a lot to learn from that. Mm-hmm. You could have a historian here from Russia and a historian from Ukraine. And they could talk it out and they could really, really uh, give us a lot of great things to think about and to chew on intellectually. But at the end of the day... You know, killing people's bad, okay? <laughs> it's bad. It is. You know, and you know this is going to set the stage and it's setting a precedence internationally and China is going to want to take Taiwan now. Mm-hmm. We don't know when that's going to happen, but they're going to do that. And then we're going to probably end up, if it happens during Biden's term um, or we have a president who it feels sanction happy, mm-hmm. um, Trump did some sanctions against China, mm-hmm. he might end up just sanctioning china and removing them from the swift swift banking system Mm -hmm. you know which means that they'll probably issue out their cbdc even more Mm -hmm. their digital renminbi or whatever their digital yuan Mm -hmm. Um, but china is far more prepared than than russia Russia oh yeah anything so i think they're even less concerned about that they're (laughs) just thinking yeah we're gonna take taiwan (laughs) you know and you know you can you can remove us from the banking system but we've got this their own digital currency and they're probably preparing for this right now. If right. not, they've already prepared for it. Right. This is all us just, you know, thinking what might happen because we were talking about like, you know, is it is is Putin actually going to go? Like he's gonna go. Like he he's around, but it, from it's been what like five days maybe. Yeah. Now less than a week, and it's been crazy. But it was talks and talks and talks for the longest time until it actually happened. So. There have been talks and talks and talks about China being around Taiwan and they're like they're flying and, you know, they're 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 sending people around it. It's like, well, are, are they going to do it? Like they're probably going to do it. They're ready. They're waiting for the timing. I think, you know, that it wouldn't make sense for them to back down now, mm. especially what's been going on with Russia. I think it makes sense for them to do it now more than ever. But, you know, what do I know? Mm-hmm. There were people that I was watching on YouTube that were much more knowledgeable than me who said there was no way that Putin was going to do a uh, militaristic advance like invasion and that we're beyond that now in the developed world and we don't need to shoot anymore we can just levy sanctions and do financial trade that's that's exactly what i mean by we having different values and and different motivations and we don't understand the mind of other people from other parts of the world right right, we just think like you know we just we live a good life now and yay capitalism and free market and you can buy stuff on the internet like People, not everybody wants the same things. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, something something interesting here is there's this article that Ukraine fight isn't necessarily proceeding as quickly as Russia expected, according to a U.S. defense official. Mm-hmm. So I think that could, who knows if that's true? Mm-hmm. 
I hope it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that the Ukrainian government was handing out weapons to the civilians. Right. And just random citizens. Yeah. And they're all arming themselves, men, women. Mm-hmm. And they're ready to, to fight and hunker down. And it's a very difficult territory to any territory is difficult when you have people that are dug in ready to shoot right just makes it a lot more a lot more difficult to do right um you remember vietnam they really dug in they had the tunnels and it was nearly impossible to take over a land when there was just people who were willing to fight to the death to secure it and that again just just to say this um there are people among them it's the the former president who is a billionaire and he's fighting too he's just like taking a gun and he's with everybody and in my mind it's like he could leave the country at any second and live a very very good life anywhere Mm -hmm. else and not care but for him it's more important to defend his country there is a value system that goes beyond just like being comfortable no this is our country this is our land you don't just come and invade so again, that's important because these the only reason why these people are fighting is because they think it's it's worth their lives and their land is worth fighting for. Right. Right. And I hope that I hope that continues. You know, yeah, I would too. hate to see it taken over um, completely. Right. You know, I saw that uh, the Ukrainian president uh, Zelensky mm-hmm. made a tweet about he tweeted out a cryptocurrency address mm. and he asked for people to donate and it would directly fund the Ukrainian war effort. Nice. And I think they have like 10 to 15 million dollars already donated wow. to the Ukrainian war from just people all over the world mm-hmm. who are donating. And, you know, no matter what anyone wants to do, no one can take that away because right. it's backed by blockchain. Mm-hmm. And unless you have some quantum sci fi computer that can crack elliptical curve technology, then mm. You can't crack it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's another case just as a quick rabbit hole aside of like how I think cryptocurrencies are going to help usher in a more stable financial system than the one that we have. Right. And I'm sure Russia is probably thinking right now that they wish they were on the they were on some type of digital currency uh, cryptocurrency already because they're on the swift banking system and they're feeling the pain from that being taken out. It's like a rug underneath their feet. Do you think that every ge- every generation that ever lived um lived through moments like this like we're in the middle of military uh wars like literal wars happening and um we lived through a pandemic mm-hmm. and lockdowns that had never happened literally never happened in mandates. history before mandates that never happened before and now we're going through this change of monetary system that you know now the dollar is not backed by anything now there is something called cryptocurrency that is very new most people don't know what it is but it's out there and it's raising and rising and rising in in value do you think that every generation that ever lived before us had stuff there is significant as all of this that we have in our generation i'm biased i would say no because i think that if you were to write an entire book let's say it's a thousand pages on the history of humanity Mm -hmm. you know it's like the first 999 pages would be pretty obvious and pretty like laid out. But I feel like the very last page mm. of the history of humanity, the very last page mm-hmm. has like, you know, the Iron Age, the Steam Age, making the automobile, the airplane, all these science advancements with the Large Hadron Collider and Particle Colliders and right. the CERN Lab and, you know, going into space and then sending probes to Mars and and creating cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and all these crazy wars happening and 
you know, uh, government overreach and media that you can't trust and mm -hmm. global pandemic. Like in 100 years, that wouldn't even be a page if you took all of humanity. It'd be like the last paragraph, the past mm -hmm. 100 years. Mm -hmm. But if anyone were reading that book, they'd be like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. Like something crazy is happening. They'd want to turn the page and see what happens next because right. all of this condensed crap has been happening in the last paragraph of right. the one 1000 page book on the history of humanity it's like that last paragraph has so many things right so many incredible things that before would seem just completely boring any one of those things would be more interesting than the last 999 pages right so you're looking at it all and you're like holy cow what's next mm. you know so i'm thinking like everything seems to be converging to something mm. and there's no way to go back you can't just reverse the automobile once that was created but can't but but that's my thing though because i feel like these you know evolutions or rev revolutions these changes are happening in a bigger um scale just because it's like the amount of time between the beginning of mankind and the invention of the wheel it's a lot bigger than from the invention of the wheel the wheel to the invention of the car exactly just because one big achievement jumps like you know thousands of years and the ahead. internet changed everything right so so i i feel like we we have these uh bigger scale things happening but we also had like before there were so many more wars because there were empires so there were all always something happening people had literally to cross seas that they thought there were monsters in it to figure out where stuff was so there was always you know, new discoveries happening. They had to set the base so to for us to be able to do all this for our technology to oh, exist. Oh yeah, you needed the Vikings to find land. You need Chris, right. You need Magellan and Columbus and you, you. You need all these people that just like had no idea where they were going or how they were going to to do the things that they needed to do. You needed all the inventions. We had like the the uh, plague. We had first war, the second war. We had all of the wars in between. There were so many of them. And then, you know, the wars changed the uh, monetary system. And that was huge. And, you know, it was a big thing. And then that big thing made the economy grow a lot more faster than it used to up to that point. So it, like, became a bigger scale. It's standardized. What, what, what I think a lot of people don't understand is that after World War II with the Bretton Woods Agreement, that standardized the entire world's financial system mm. and it streamlined it and it made everything standardized. Mm -hmm. So it was, everything was pegged to the US dollar and the US dollar was pegged to gold. That was a very big deal that had never happened before. Right. So it was very difficult to do international trade because everything was different currencies and mm -hmm. they're all at different rates. I mean, you if, if you ever decide to send money to someone back in Brazil, you know, it'll change on how many heal it'll mm -hmm. be worth right. today versus tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And what is it? What's the exchange right now? One US dollar is how? I think it's five, five hayes. Five, five hayes? Yeah, one one dollar is five hayes. And that can change and all that. And so like there was a lot of fluctua fluctuations and variability and volatility, right. you know, but when the Bretton Woods Agreement had it, it allowed it, it basically was a international handshake between all the biggest countries to say, this is how we're going to set up our finances. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they did that, I think international, international exchange just became so much more seamless mm -hmm. but then the out of the Bretton Woods agreements two big things happened mm -hmm. essentially you had the IMF the mm -hmm. International Monetary Found, uh, Fund mm -hmm. uh, established and then you also had the World Bank mm -hmm. you know and so we're still talking about those two things today mm -hmm. the World Bank and what do they do and everything I think I think the main objective of the World Bank is to 
basically bring people out of poverty. Mm. So they're working with specific funds and specific projects with specific low-income countries. Mm -hmm. Like you look at Haiti and they're like, okay, we want to start a hospital. We want to start uh, clean water in this area or this Mm -hmm. part. And so that's what the World Bank is doing, which is like a weird name for the World Bank, but they do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But then the IMF, they're setting the financial rules for the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And they look at a new emerging country and they say, oh, do you want to join the IMF? Do you want to become part of our international global financial system? Basically be one of the big big boys at the table. Be in the club. You want to do that? And they even fund people that have bad problems with debt and and countries that can't fund their own things. So they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll actually give loans to some developing countries if, and there's a big if, they follow every rule that the IMF sets for their financial institution. Mm -hmm. So the IMF is controlling the levers of finance for the entire world. Mm -hmm. It's a very big deal. Mm -hmm. And when Nixon pulled us off of the gold standard, Mm -hmm. basically nothing's backed by anything. Everything's kind of this weird ethereal fugazi Mm -hmm. and nothing means anything. Mm -hmm. And all it took was just a few people in positions of power to decide to inflate the short run. Right. And screw the long run. Right. And then a couple generations later, we're here today, and gas is more expensive, used cars are more expensive, it's hard to afford the same house or same cost of living. Right. There's a whole generation of millennials and Zoomers who are now viewing themselves as as the Doomers. Right. And they're like, what do we do? Like, we can't afford the same, uh, what's it called, the cost of living. Yeah. The same status of living as our parents and grandparents could at our age with the same careers. Yeah. And they're like, something seriously is broken. Yeah. And it's like, how do you sit them down and say, you know, actually it was because of the International Monetary Fund and the Bretton Woods Agreement back after World War II. And you explain this whole monetary system, they're going to be so confused. Right. It takes a lot of time and intentionality to figure that out. And what they want to do is just say, well, this guy Bernie Sanders over here says that everything should be free. Yeah. You know, college should be free. Healthcare should be free. You know, we should have, and this all guy over here. All the debts be for, for, forgiven. Yeah, all the debts. We should forgive all the debts. And we have like Andrew Yang who says everyone should get a certain amount of money just right. in their bank account all the time. And if you don't know anything, and I mean anything, except for the problem, mm-hmm. you think, well, why not do that? Yeah, that's be- a solution. Everyone would get money, then the whole world would be okay. Uh-huh. The problem is that's the exact same thinking that got us where we are today. Exactly. Exact same thing. But it's such a complicated problem. Yeah. So unless you're listening to a long form podcast like this where you can get an idea on the way things progressed and why we are where we are today, mm-hmm. you're you would way rather vote for a Bernie Sanders who, like you said, doesn't follow his own advice just like most intellectuals. Right. Our best known socialist is mm-hmm. a multimillionaire with three <laughs> houses. Mm-hmm. And he's telling you, we got to tax the billionaires and the millionaires. <laughs> he stopped saying millionaires after he sold his book because he got millions of dollars. And now he just says we need to tax the billionaires. He's a hypocrite. And people don't realize that. I mean, yeah, everybody that tells other people how they should live are hypocrites. Like, I've never met a person who likes to tell others, like, this is what you should do. This is, you shouldn't, we should ban this, we should ban. They're hypocrites because it, like, if they just project. You know, they just project what they're guilty of, what they um, they want to control everything. And it, it, it never works. We are not meant for that. And all of this, all of this always happens with the tiny group of people in power and the uh, uh, intellectuals that support those people. You know, it happened with Keynes. 
that's why they decided to spend on wars and just spend 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 and you know it doesn't really matter how much money you print you just print and spend and the, the economy will pay for itself it's nonsense but there's a lot of people who defend that nonsense and depending on what you learn to hear that's what you're going to go for and this is just we're saying all of this to say that this is what's happening right now again it's an example of that people in russia are protesting against putin but putin is the one in power like he's the one making all the calls it doesn't really matter until it's too much for him to handle but a lot of people and this happened in australia this happened this happened in canada this happened everywhere in the world where the protests during covid were happening are happening including the ones that are now happening in the u.s with the freedom convoy Uh, i saw there were the trucks are um in a few states now like they're not they were going to to uh dc but DC, they're yeah. they're going to different places the too. freedom convoy seems to be like starting to collect in different spots right you know right and you have all these people and then you have the the police officers and the people who are trampling on people on canada and and the people in australia the cops in australia who are invading people's houses and you know the the ridiculous loss like you have to take a picture of you to show where you are to see if you're really in your house which it's insane but then you you saw like a bunch of videos throughout these two years of people filming them it's like why are you doing this like this is not okay and you know that this is not okay and they all say this is my job i'm just following their job exactly the people in power is a very tiny group of people who will press their their followers up until they can't press them anymore and who won't follow their own their own rules exactly. a lot of the time so all these people fighting all they have to do is just like we 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 cannot fight like we can't fight against putin we can't go back and just kill this guy it's kind mm-hmm. of a it's kind of a strange concept but it, it holds true that if everyone decided in ukraine and russia it's like a coop. they're just, just a like coop. We, we don't a coup, <laughs> a coup. let the chicken coop out <laughs> it's a coup no it's uh they could all decide, right? you know, wake up together and we kind of be like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Just like people can do that, but we don't because we go like, you know, it's the government. Like someone else will do this. Someone else will fight. Someone else will vote. Someone else will protest. Someone else will do. Like we don't fight for the things that we actually believe. Most people don't. And you're seeing these people in Ukraine, they're, you know, getting their guns and going to the, sh- they are doing the fighting. But the people in Russia that don't want to fight, like I was watching this guy who works at a restaurant at a hotel in Ukraine and was talking to this Brazilian reporter saying like, my brother is in the Russian side because he flew away uh, from Russia and now he lives in Ukraine. It's like, but he fights for Russia. He's coming to fight against me. Like I'm here and he's coming to attack me. He doesn't want to fight. And it's like, my brother doesn't want to fight and I don't want him to fight me, but he's doing it because he's a soldier. That's what he does. Most of these people don't want to fight, but they do it because it's their job. But like, I feel like the more control over your own life you take, the more you have the balls to say, no, I'm taking all my money away. I'm not voting for this. I'm going to the street. I'm not cooperating. This is an unjust law. The law doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Being something that, oh, this is illegal doesn't mean it's something bad. And this is legal doesn't mean it's something good. Like it was, it was illegal in German in the 40s to uh, uh, have a Jewish person in your house. You had to turn them over to the government. That's not right, but it was the law. Like you have to decide that the law, if the law of your country and the laws, they're being 
you know, made in the world are actually good things or bad things. And are you going to be a bad person just because you're following the law and you're following the rules? Yeah, all it takes is for evil to flourish, is for good by good men to stand by and do no- nothing. Mm. But you know, it, at the very least, if you're voting, you know, and it's not working, yeah, move, pull all your money out of whatever bank and whatever country you're in, and then move to someplace better. Right. You know, if you have the ability. Yeah. For sure, and I think a lot of people are starting to do that, and that's a good thing. I see that as a good thing. I want people. I'm I'm a freedom maximalist. I want people to be as free as possible. Mm-hmm. I want them to have as many options as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's always a good thing to mm-hmm. give the most amount of people the most options you can give them, right. so people can live whatever lives they want to live. Right. That's that's where I'm at. That's a good plan. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, I think we went a little bit over, but we were passionate and we're ready just to to go for another hour or so. But we're not gonna. Um, We'll definitely talk about some things other than the International Monetary Fund next <laughs> next podcast. It's just something We're very concerned for you people. Yeah, it's just very very topical <laughs> right now. It's coming up in the news very often. Right. And anyway, but thank you guys for watching and we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.